Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The Lord asks an interesting question this morning. He says, When you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? Paul was inspired to write this to the church in Rome, Romans 6, 20, and 21. This is our sermon text this morning, along with the answer to the question and the following two verses. We'll get to those in just a minute. First, let's consider the apostle's imagery. He's painting a picture of slavery and freedom. When we're slaves to sin, he says, we're free in regard to righteousness. Now, what does that mean? Well, we have an either-or situation here. We're either slaves to sin or slaves to righteousness. Those are the options. There isn't a third one. There is no non-slave option. When you're a slave to sin, you're free from being owned by righteousness. The opposite is also true. This is what we heard in the preceding verse. Romans 6, 19. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. Present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. Which means that you'll be free regarding sin. When you hear the word righteousness, I want you to think that which is right, that which is good, according to God's good order, God's standard. And sanctification, well, that's holiness, purity, not being defiled or corrupted. Are you a slave to sin, to corruption, defilement, impurity, or to righteousness, that which is good according to God's standard? Are you holy? Being a slave to the one means you're free from the consequences of the other. Through your baptism into Jesus' death and resurrection, into his cross and defeat of death, you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God. The fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 6, 22 and 23. Whose slave are you? Sins or God's? Sins slaves earn death as their wages. God's slaves get eternal life in Christ Jesus as a free gift. On a wage, a free gift. Which do you want to receive? Eternal life or death? Those who are attending the midweek Bible study are pretty familiar with this dichotomy between sinfulness and holiness already. Proverbs 3, 33-35 says, as we looked at it this last week, Yahweh's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Toward the scorners, he is scornful, but to the humble, he gives favor. The wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. 
James takes this truth and instructs us, the church, Christians, to submit ourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, James says, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. James 4, 6-8. through And this is the point of what Paul's teaching, isn't it? If you're serving your sin, then you're not serving God. This means you need to repent of your sin, turn from those things that cause you shame. Our sermon text asks, What fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? Christian, you're a new person. Jesus died for you. He purchased you from sin. He bought you with his blood. You now belong to him. You are now a slave to righteousness. That is, to what is right, what is good according to God's order, what is godly. You have been justified by the death of your Savior, your Master, your Lord. His Spirit has sanctified you, made you holy. You know that your sins bear no fruit. They only bring shame to you and yours. Repent of them and live as you now are, a Christian, forgiven and holy. You cannot change the past. What's done is done. You can't unsin. For some of you, there may yet be, though, the opportunity to correct some of the consequences of your sins. The best way to do that is to live as the slave you are, God's slave. As Paul teaches us in Colossians 3, 23, whatever you do, work heartily for the Lord and not for men. Stop worrying about what people are thinking of you. Be more concerned with what God would have you do. This is the first and most effective step to righting the wrongs you've committed. Repent. Turn away from those things that bring you shame. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it. Pass on. Proverbs 4, 14, and 15. Trust in Yahweh with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear Yahweh and turn away from evil. Proverbs 3, 5 to 7. Once you were a slave to sin, and you were impure because of it. You were lawless. And it led to more lawlessness in you and in your neighbor. What we say and what we do influences others. So who, by our sin, have we led away from the good slave owner, 
Jesus Christ? Who have we led into shame and away from honor, into disgrace and away from grace? Maybe you can name names. Maybe you know specific people who are eating the bread of wickedness instead of the bread of life because, in part, you made sinful choices. Hear these words from Jesus' brother James. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. James 5, 19 and 20. No matter what, we all need to know we're forgiven. That we are slaves of God. You're a slave of righteousness. We've been given the free gift of grace. It's yours. Those things you've done that brought you shame, they've been dealt with. When Jesus bought you with his own body, his own life, he paid for you so that you wouldn't have to live under the guilt of what you did when you were owned by sin. Jesus' beloved disciple says it this way, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, the good one. He is the propitiation for our sins, the cover for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but doesn't keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know We're in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Abide in him. So that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness living according to God's good order, has been born of him. This is 1 John 2, 1, and six, 1 to 6, and then 28 and 29. Members of St. Mark's Lutheran Church, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, you've been set free from sin and have become slaves of God. Remember, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end is eternal life. The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. 
In the name of Jesus. Amen.